Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. Dr. Hutton has been a friend of my parents for, I think, over 20 years. Long time. And the amazing thing, when you hear Dr. Hutton speak the word, he's a teacher of the word. And most importantly, he is a forever student of the word. I got a great opportunity to hang out with him pretty much all day yesterday. And it was so amazing. It was talk the word, word, word the whole yeah, time. Yeah, for hours. And I was just like this. And he's like... Chris, I got to go. I got to do a message tomorrow. I was like, all right. It was like 8.30, almost 9. So without further ado, when you guys hear him speak the word, know that God is flowing through him. And this is a man that has studied to show himself approved. And he's going to give you guys some good food today. So thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. It's good to be back. I've been here actually quite a few times through the years. And so it's always fun to come back. I'm a Florida boy, born and raised in Tampa, Florida. So Love to come to Florida anyway. Wish my wife was here. She, uh, I tell people I, I grew up in Florida. My wife's Colorado girl, so I didn't meet her here. But I tried to find a beach bunny, and I couldn't find a beach bunny, so I went to Colorado and found a snow bunny. <laughs> and that was over 41 years ago. She's my best friend, and I love her to life, and I and, uh, wish she was here to introduce you. But i got to give you a quick testimony because I see I've, I've talked to a couple of you that were here the number of times I've been here in the past. And uh, some of you might remember, a little over five years ago, this is a great testimony, but we were in prayer with our staff, just praying, and we were actually praying, Lord, give us the heathen for our inheritance. Anybody know that verse? And we were just asking God, God, help us to get more people saved. And because of my style of ministry, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not out there, you know, on the streets and getting people saved all the time. And, and so uh, my style of ministry, more of a teaching to the body, and so we don't see a lot of people saved. And so we were just praying, Lord, give us the heathen for our inheritance. And the Lord said, advertise on Facebook or advertise on Google. Advertise on Google. We heard the Lord say that. So I called some of my pastor friends and different ministry friends and nobody was doing it. So nobody knew what I was talking about. I said, Lord, you got to show us what to do. And so he said, set up a separate website from your ministry website. And the separate website, just make it the salvation prayer and then start advertising on Google as people are searching how to get saved. If they click on your link, then they'll find out how to get saved. So we did that. And the first week, eight people called our ministry and got saved. The second week, 12 people called our ministry and got saved. The third week, 22 people called our ministry and got saved. After two months, we had over 2,000 people saved by Google. Now, I'm sharing this as a testimony, but also in case I know there's always people everywhere I go, people are looking for good ground to sow into because when you sow into good ground, you get good harvest. But it's not just harvest for here. It's harvest for the sweet by and by where you're going to be living forever. You're going to want rewards up there. And I can't think of better rewards than souls. And so uh, that's why I like to share this testimony as well is because sometimes people, hey, I want to partner with that. We've had some well-known uh, national ministry say, man, I'm, I'm going to put $1,000 in there. I want 1,000 souls. So 
Anyway, we started believing for 100,000 souls. We got in touch with Google after we passed the 20,000 mark of people saved and um, got in touch, and they sent us back the statistics. They said uh, over 33,000 people per month search Google on how to get saved. 33,000 people a month search Google. How do you get saved? How do you accept the Lord? And so once we saw that, man, we were just, we were stoked. We kept advertising, and of course we were believing for 100,000. Well, we passed that last fall, about a year ago now. Now we're believing for 200,000. We've actually had over 160 plus thousand saved on Google. Who'd have thought? I mean, when God spoke to us to do it, we would have never even imagined that it was going to be like that. You know what we found out, the stat? We found out over 99% of those people that search Google do not attend church. So thank God he gave us an idea where we're reaching people that are not going to walk in our four walls of our churches. Amen? We need to be out on the highways and byways and use every means conceivable to get them saved. Praise God. Well, are you all ready to get in the Word today? All right, open your Bibles to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, if you would. I'm going to discuss something with you today that your God, your God says you're supposed to be doing right now. And if you get a hold of this, it'll change the way you get out of bed every morning. It'll change the way you approach every day of your life because this is something that God says for you to do now. A lot of people are wanting to know what God wants me to do, and they want a a word every year. What does God want me to do? And you know what a lot of people do? They live in their yesterdays, and it messes them up. And then other people live in their tomorrows. Oh, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it? What's going to happen? And all that, and that messes them up. But what does God have to say about now? We live in the now, right? You always live in the now. So we're going to start here in Ephesians 6.10, where it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Paul says, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, in the Lord and the power of his might. Paul is writing this letter from prison, and he's writing to encourage believers. That's interesting. He's the one in prison, and yet he's the one encouraging others. Hmm. That's because many people are in prison themselves. They're in prison to their thoughts. They're in prison to physical illnesses. They're in prison financially. So I believe Paul is letting the church at Ephesus and us know how to get out of our prisons. So the first word he uses is the word finally. The word finally actually ties in what he's getting ready to say with what he's already said in the previous chapters. Now when we read Ephesians, we read chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, get to this sixth chapter. We think of chapters and verses, but it was actually just one letter. There was no chapter and verses. And in order for you to get the most of what he says, when he uses the word finally, you really need to understand some things he said before that and then be able to tie it into what he says after that. So I actually wrote some things down because I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of chapters 1 through 5 leading up to the word finally here so that you'll understand once we see what he says how it ties all together. In chapter 1, Paul talks about our redemption He talks about our inheritance. He talks about how the Holy Spirit has sealed us and guaranteed our eternity with Jesus. And then he ends in the chapter, in fact, for those of you that want to know how to pray for your spouse, pray for yourself, pray for others, 
I would, I would encourage you to write Ephesians 1, 15 through 23 down. Make a note of that. It's a, it's a prayer that I pray over myself regularly. I pray over my wife regularly. But he shows us a model prayer here how to pray for other Christians in verses 15 through 23. And then in chapter 2, Paul talks about how salvation is by grace through faith. Then he talks about how Jesus has become our peace. He then talks about how how uh, he abolished the hostility that the law produced and how he's now made us one body in him. And then he talks about how we have access to the Father because we're citizens and members of the household of God. Then in chapter 3, he talks about how God used the apostles and prophets to speak by revelation and make known the mysteries and manifold wisdom of God. He then talks about how we now have access to Jesus and that we're supposed to come with him with boldness and confidence. And then at the end of the chapter, for those of you taking notes, another model prayer is given in verses 14 through 19. And I would strongly recommend you look at that, pray it over yourself, pray it for others as well. In chapter 4, Paul talks about how we're to walk in humility and modesty, gentleness, patience, endurance, steadfastness, and and, uh, uh, patience. And then he talks about how we are all one body with one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God who's the Father of us all. Then he talks about how after Jesus ascended, he released his grace and gave, gave us five ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then he tells us those gifts are given to equip us so that we can work in the ministry and help the body of Christ to grow up. Then he talks about how we as believers are supposed to be adults in Jesus, no longer children, not following after false doctrines. And by acting like grown-ups, it'll cause each one of us to do our part to help keep the body body together and joined by the love of God. Then he talks about how we're supposed to stop acting like sinners and start acting like the new man that we really are, righteous and holy. Then he talks about how to not give place to the devil. Then he talks about how you're only to allow good things to come out of your mouth, otherwise you grieve the Spirit of God. And then he ends up talking to Christians, crazy that you'd think he'd have to say this, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, Forgive each other the way Jesus has forgiven you. He ends chapter 4 like that. And then chapter 5, he, st- he starts talking about how you're suppo- your life is supposed to imitate God. Stop imitating the unsaved. Don't be partakers of their lifestyles. Then he talks about how you're now a child of light and you have no business engaging in the unfruitful works of darkness. Then he talks about how to use your time wisely instead of getting drunk on wise he tells you how to stay filled with the spirit by speaking and singing the word of God and by giving thanks to God continually and then he tells husbands and wives how to love each other respect each other and submit to each other in the love of God and then he comes to chapter 6 and he tells those of us that have parents that we are supposed to listen to them give heed to godly instructions and honor them Doing so will cause things to go well with us and extend our lives in health and prosperity. Interesting, he never says honor your parents if they're honorable. Honor your parents if they were good. Honor your parents as long as they didn't treat you bad. Never says anything about how they were. It says you honor them so that it'll go well with you and you'll prosper and live long. Hmm, sounds like it has more to do with you than them. 
Then he talks to those of us who work for someone. Maybe you have a boss, a supervisor, someone over you. And he tells you you're supposed to work for them as though you're working for Jesus. And if you do that, Jesus will make sure you get rewarded. Wow. And that brings us to verse 10 where he says the word finally. Everybody say finally. Finally, Finally, actually, if you look it up in the Greek, it's an adverb. And an adverb is a modifier of a verb, an adjective, a preposition, a sentence. For example, you could say a small sentence like, he ran. The word ran is a verb. But you could say, he ran quickly. The word quickly is an adverb. It modifies the verb. It tells you how he ran. Uh, So an adverb can tell you how. It can tell you when he ran. You could say, he ran yesterday. It could tell you where he ran. He ran over to so-and-so's house. It can tell you how often he, he ran every day this week. So here, Paul starts with an adverb when he says, finally. In fact, really, it's more like an adverbial phrase when he says, finally be strong in the Lord. So he's adding a modifier to all the things he said previously to what he's getting ready to say. In other words, I'm adding a modifier so that you'll know the what, when, where, why, and how, and who, so that you'll be able to do what I already said. For example, you're going to have to be strong in the Lord to receive your inheritance. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to pray for others. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to allow Jesus to be your peace at all times. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to still come to Jesus with boldness and confidence after you screw up. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to not follow after religious fads. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to act like the righteous and holy person that God made you. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to not give place to the devil. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to only allow good things to come out of your mouth. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to be tenderhearted and loving and forgiving each other the way Jesus has forgiven you. Are You understand what I'm talking about as a modifier now? So the first thing Paul says is be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong in Jesus. You know, he wouldn't have to tell us be strong if we were just always strong. He would just say, keep acting like you are. So to say be strong, it tells me there's going to be times when we don't feel strong. We have feelings of weakness. We have feelings of a lack of ability or an inadequacy or a frustration or a hopelessness. But what does God tell us to do? (coughs) Excuse me. He tells us one thing. Be strong. Somebody said that's two things. Well, if you actually look it up in the Greek, it's one word, be strong. In fact, let me give you the four definitions of this Greek word be strong. It means empowered. It means enabled. It means to increase in strength. And it means to be strong. But it doesn't stop there. The key is be strong in the Lord. See, you are empowered, enabled, strengthened, and can be strong because of where you are in Christ. I remember in Daniel 11.32 where it says the people that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. Actually, the word exploits is italicized in the uh, King James because it wasn't in the original manuscripts. Be, um, uh, the people that do know their God will be strong and do. And that's the way it ends. And so I looked up the Hebrew. The Hebrew do means to advance or to accomplish. In other words, if you're strong in the Lord, you're going to do things for the kingdom of God. You're going to accomplish things for the kingdom of God. 
Isaiah 35, 4 tells those of us of a fearful heart, be strong and do not fear. In fact, let me show you that verse. Sometimes quoting it doesn't help us as much as seeing it. I'm going to look at it from the New King James here. This is Isaiah 35, 4. And it says this, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. 2 Chronicles 32, 7 says, Be strong and courageous when facing your enemies because there's more with you than there are with them. I like that. Joshua 1, 9 says, Be strong and courageous and don't be afraid or discouraged. Why? Because God is with you everywhere you go. Why? You are in Jesus. Be strong in the Lord. In Jesus, in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, right? Let me just um, go over some things real quick that I wrote down. If you're going to be strong in the Lord, then you need to understand some things about being in the Lord. Let me tell you some things. I'm, I'm just going to quote them. We're not going to turn there just for time's sake. Romans 3.24 says, because you're in Christ, that's in the Lord, in Jesus, you are redeemed and made right with God because of his free, unearned, undeserved grace. Romans 8.1 says, because you're in Christ, you can now live free from condemnation. Romans 8.38-39 says, there is nothing that you can do or anyone else can do that can stop God from loving you. Somebody say amen. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, because you're in Christ, you have all of God's wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption it is in you now second corinthians 2 14 says because you're in christ he always causes you to triumph second corinthians 5 19 says because you're in christ god is not keeping a record of any of your sins i love it <coughs> amen galatians 3 26 says your faith in christ has made you part of god's immediate family think about that man you're 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 not a uh a cousin or an uncle or an aunt man you are a daughter or son of the most high god god is your daddy there are daddy privileges ephesians 1 3 says because you're in christ god has already given you every blessing that is available in heaven it's already yours now while you're here on earth ephesians 2 6 says because you're in christ god has given you a seat in heaven right next to jesus isn't that awesome one time when I said that, I said, just think you're omnipresent. I didn't mean to say omnipresent, but I said it. My wife was there. She said, honey, no, you're not everywhere all the time like God. You're in two places. That's not omnipresent. I said, oh, that's right. <laughs> but I am two places. So are you. You're here on earth, but you're also seated with Jesus in heaven. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> Ephesians 2.10 says, because you're in Christ, God has handcrafted you Assign things for you to do in life, and listen, given you the ability to do them. Philippians 2.5 says, because you're in Christ, you have the mind of Christ, and you can actually operate in Jesus' mental state. Wow. Turn over to 2 Timothy with me, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse number 1. It says, you therefore, my son, be strong. We're seeing that over and over. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Well, that's where you are. You're in Christ. So this says because you're in Christ, you can partake of his grace to be strong. 
Wow, be strong. That's what we're looking at in Ephesians 6.10. We'll get back there in a second. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 16 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 13. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, I'm going to read from the New King James again. It says, watch, it says four things here. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong. So this is something that God has called us to do now. If you're wondering what you're supposed to do this week and this year, here are four things God's commissioned you to do right here. He says, watch, number one. Two, stand fast in the faith. Three, be brave. And four, be strong. Hmm. Let's talk about those four things just a minute. The word watch, if you look up the Greek, it means to be watchful or to stay awake, but it also means be vigilant, give strict attention to, and then be cautious. So when I looked at those definitions of the word watch, stay awake, be watchful, be vigilant, give strict attention to, and then be cautious, it kind of uh, awakened my Uh, understanding to the truth we have to uh, be careful against the enemy that's arrayed against us be cautious be vigilant be be on your guard it kind of reminds me of second peter 5 8 be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour Uh, that's saying the same thing uh, as is saying right here be vigilant stand your guard don't fall for the devil's snares don't don't fall for his traps or his trickery so it says here in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, first of all, watch. The second thing it says is stand fast in the faith. The Greek literally says to stay stationary, to be persistent, and to persevere. Stay stationary, be persistent, persevere. That means you have to stay stationary in your faith. It means you have to be persistent in what Jesus has made you and what he's given you. And then you have to persevere when things don't go your way. In other words, don't be moved by what you see, hear, and feel. I found out I can change what I see, hear, and feel by releasing my faith in Jesus. Galatians 5.1 says to stand fast, like, like we're seeing here. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. goes on there in Galatians and says don't get entangled trying to keep a bunch of laws from the Old Testament to gain God's approval. Jesus has already gained God's approval for you. God's approval is not based on your performance. It's not based on what you do or don't do. It's totally based on what Jesus already did for you. Hallelujah. Amen. So here in 1 Corinthians, tells us stay alert. Then he tells you to be persistent. Use your faith to persevere. Don't be moved by the information obtained through your physical senses. Watch, stand fast in the faith. And then third, it says, be brave. King James says, quit ye like men. (laughs) Somebody said, say what? Quit ye like men. Well, in our society, you may hear it said like this. Be a man or man up. I like to say it this way. Quit acting like a coward. Don't act like a defeated pup. For those of you old enough, quit acting like the lion on the Wizard of Oz. You ever watch that movie, you know he was not courageous until somebody gave him some courage. Well, I'm telling you, God's given you courage. 1 Samuel 4, 9 from the King James says, Be strong and quit yourselves like men. Quit yourselves like men. In other words, be courageous. Um, I found out the Word of God has a lot to say along with be strong. It also says be courageous. 
Let's just look at a couple of verses here real quick. 2 Chronicles chapter 32 <coughs> and number 7. 2 Chronicles 32, 7. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria or before the multitude that's with him, for there's more with us than with him. Sometimes people read a verse like this, see, talking about the king of Assyria, thinking, well, that doesn't apply to me. But 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says, all the Old Testament stories were written for our examples for us to learn from. So here in 2 Chronicles 32, 7, it says, be strong and courageous when facing your enemies. Why? There's more with us than there are with them. Kind of reminds me of 2 Kings 6.16 where Elisha told his servant, there's more with us than there is with them. Remember, they got surrounded by the enemies. The king of Syria sent the enemies around Dothan and, and uh, Elisha and his servant woke up that morning and the servant looked out and, and King James is really a little blind to us. It says, alas, my master. It was more like, ah! Elisha, we're going to die, look! <laughs> that was probably more like it. And so do you remember Elisha then prayed to God, God opened his eyes, and he opened the servant's eyes, and then the servant saw uh, horses and chariots of fire all around the whole city, and then the servant realized, wow, we got more on our side than the enemy has on their side. That's what God's trying to tell us here. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because God has an army of his angels assigned to help you. Turn over to Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 with me. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. Again from the New King James, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Doesn't sound like try and be strong. I mean the Apostle Paul we're looking at in Ephesians 6 10, it doesn't say, well see if you're See if you're feeling good enough to be strong today. You know, see if everything is just lined up right so you can be strong. No, all of these verses are not like suggestions. Be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, the key is, is a three-letter word right here in this verse, F-O-R. You need to circle it or underline it. I did it both in my leather Bible and my electronic Bible. Be strong and courageous and don't be afraid or discouraged. For, here's the reason why right here, because God's with me everywhere I go. Yeah, but Brother Larry, I don't feel like he is. Well, that's why we just read where God said, be persistent with your faith. Don't walk by sight, walk by faith. Walk by what God says. Turn over to Deuteronomy 31 with me. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse number 6. It says, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So let's go back to where we started in Ephesians 6.10, when he, when he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The only way you're going to be strong is in the Lord. If you try it in your own might, you won't make it. But if you decide you're going to be strong in the power of his might, like, like Micah said, I remember I was reading over in Micah 3.8, he said, I am full, uh, uh, full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and of might. And I thought, okay, he didn't even have the greater one living on the inside of him when Micah said that. 
You and I are full of the power of God by the Spirit and full of His might. So if He could say it, we could say it. Remember over there in uh, Judges chapter 6, when Gideon was hiding in the pit, remember what God said to him in verse 11? He said, you mighty man of valor. You mighty man of valor. And Gideon was hiding in a pit from the enemies in fear. God calls those things that be not as though they are. Amen. That's Romans 4, 17. In other words, God calls those things that don't appear to be real, but in truth they are real because God said so. They're more real than what you see. Uh, Deuteronomy, you don't have to turn, Deuteronomy 10, 17. For the Lord your God is God of gods, the Lord of gods. He is awesome. No respecter of persons cannot be bribed. God said, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In fact, I'm going to close over in, there's so many verses you could go to about be, not, being, not being weak. I mean, Joel 3.10, let the weak say something. What are we supposed to say? Let the weak say, I am I'm strong. Let the weak say. Why are you supposed to say it? You're supposed to say what God says versus over your feelings. You can change the situation if you get in line with God. So we're going to close with Hebrews 13 this morning. Hebrews chapter 13, verses, uh, well, let's start at the end of verse 5. Of course, the Bible never was written in chapter and verse, but find verse 5, and then I'm going to start at the end of the verse where it says, God has said. I want you to see what God has said and why he said it. God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say, kind of sounds like you can be strong, huh? Boldly say, I will not fear what man can do to me. He's given you a key on how to be strong right here. <clears throat> like, like Joel said, let the weak say, I am strong. So he says here, God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we will boldly say, the Lord's my helper. I'll not fear what man shall do unto me. I want you all to look at me here a second. Here's what he said. God has said. No, I don't want you to repeat it. I want you to listen and, and get a hold of this. God has said. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we, so that we, God said, so that we would do something. He didn't say it to fill up pages in the Bible. He said it so that you would do something. God has said, so that we would boldly, confidently, with assurance say, the Lord's my helper, I'll not fear what man can. God has said, I'll never leave, so that we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper. God has said, so that we may boldly say, God has said anything that God has said, we're supposed to boldly declare the same thing. And that's what changes things. That's why I live a life of victory. I've been traveling. I live in hotels 40 to 45 weeks a year out of 52 weeks. I live in hotels, restaurants, airplanes, car rentals, and I've been doing this for over 40 years now. Why do I do that? Because I love walking in victory and I love telling other people how to live in victory. And so if I can show them how to be strong in the Lord by boldly declaring what God said. Now, I remember years ago when the Lord said, write down a verse of scripture and take it to the office with you today. So I did, and, and he said, now today, during the day, and all day, even before you go, turn the lights out and go to bed at night, he said, I want you to boldly say what that scripture you wrote down says so that your own ears can hear it. So I wrote it down. All throughout the day, I'm telling you, by the time I went to bed, I had quoted that verse so many times, probably 70 or 80 times. I got up the second morning, and I heard that still small voice say, take that same verse with you to the, 
to work today and do it again. So I did that same verse 70 or 80 times that day. The third morning I got out of bed and it was just very clear. The Lord said, take that verse with you again and do that again. Day number four, he said, take that verse with you. Well, by day number four, I could quote the verse backwards. So I thought I knew it because I had memorized it. I didn't know there was a difference. So the Lord taught me this in day four and then day five, take that same verse, do it again. Day six, take that same verse, do it again. Day seven, take that same. Seven days in a row, 70 or 80 times a day, I was thinking about speaking out loud this verse of Scripture. By the seventh day, something had happened. Somehow, I don't know how to explain it, except I could feel that verse coming out my pores. It wasn't just coming out my mouth anymore. It was like I knew that I knew. And here, in fact, here's how I knew. A couple weeks later, I, I entered a trial, a test. You know all the hardships every one of us go through in life. In this life, you're going to face tribulation. Well, it was one of those times I was going through this. And all of a sudden, without thinking, I wasn't even thinking, what should I do? What scripture should I stand upon? Without thinking, up out of me, I found myself saying, it is written, quoting that verse that I'd spent seven days on a few weeks before. And I realized, whoa, I got, I got that scripture to do battle with. Well, week number two, the Lord had me do the same thing for seven days. Week number three, a new verse of scripture for seven days. Week number four, and the Lord said, what if you do this for one year? Now, I'd read through the Bible in a year and couldn't remember one thing I read. I'm not saying it didn't do me any good reading through the Bible because God's word's alive and quick and powerful. It's good for you, but it's not going to change you if you don't meditate on it. So I thought, man, if I do this for one year, I'll have 52 verses I can do battle with in life. What if you do it for two years? Oh, I see those mathematical minds. 104 verses. Of, you'd know more scripture than a lot of preachers know. But you'd have verses of scripture you can do battle with. In fact, the Lord just had us recently put a deck of cards out. A deck of cards with 52 verses. They're just like playing cards, except they're declarate cards. I call them declarate cards. Because on the front of a card is a verse of scripture that you can meditate on for seven days and speak out loud for seven days. And then on the back of the card, it actually gives you a declaration, a confession. What are you supposed to say about that scripture so you can get it out of your heart and in circulation so your faith works? So in case you want those, I don't know how many my office ship, but uh, there's, we try and ship enough because people have been not just buying one, they've been buying one for themselves and then one is a gift for or two or three or five gifts for other people. So hopefully they shipped enough. You can get that deck of cards. But also want to mention this. We have a, a mini book back there. You know that 160 plus thousand that have gotten saved on Google? Most of them unchurched. Well, I realized I've got to get something in their hands. And I went to all the go-to little mini books that all of my forefathers and different people have written and None of them talked about why, why you need a good local church. Why do you need a pastor? Why do you need God to be in charge with your money? Because he's smarter than you are. Why do you, how do you talk to God? How can you hear from God? And so the Lord had me write a little mini book. It's called Limitless. And uh, I was just announcing it as a little mini book. If you're a new believer, man, get a hold of this. Uh, we're having evangelists take the, I just had one church order 400 of these to get out, give out on one of their evangelistic outreaches. We have evangelists care. We have churches use these in their believers, new believers classes. But I just had some people come up to me recently 
that you would call a very mature Christian, went to the same Bible school I went to, loved the Lord, read the Bible every day. They came up and said, Brother Larry, thank you for that little mini book, Limitless. I said, oh, you're welcome. I said, you know, we wrote that. He said, no, no, no. He said, you don't understand. I read it and it relit my fire. I had set, let some things slip and I needed to be put in remembrance. So since then, I've been announced, man, everybody, go buy Limitless. It'll, it'll relight your fire. I know it'll help you a lot. How many of you were here last time and got Heaven's Health Food when I was here? A couple of you got it. This is our number one selling. Now, there's no preaching on this. All I do is quote health scriptures. We've had people healed of every sickness and disease that just about known to mankind. All the testimonies that have gone all over the world. We've had people healed of every type of cancer, uh, all kinds of viruses, all kinds of stuff. It's called Heaven's Health Food. In fact, since a lot of you don't, aren't familiar with it, can we give them a quick sample? Great. Yeah, give them a quick sample. To suffer the diseases Good and loud. allowed on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals This you. is Exodus 15, 26. The New English Bible says, I, the Lord, am your healer. My healer. The Sporel translation says, I am Jehovah, your My physician. physician. Woo, thank you, Lord. Dr. Jesus. The English translation says, I am the Lord, your life giver. He gives us his life. Young's translation says, For I, Jehovah, am healing you. Thank you, Lord. I received that. Knox translation says, I am the Lord, and it is health I bring you. Free of charge. When the Goodspeed translation talks about Oh, this about is one of my diseases, favorites. It says, For I, the Lord, make you immune to them. You can cut it right there. You. If you want to get something that will really build your faith, if you know somebody's sick, man, get, get a hold of this for them. But I tell people, if you want to stay healthy, feed your faith on health scriptures. Heaven's health food will be a blessing to you. Now, we have that available on CD back there. We have seven different subjects on uh, scripture recordings that you can get back there in CD. If, you, if you'd prefer MP3, you can just go to LarryHutton.org and download them. But I decided to put the Heaven's Health Food on a USB along with another scripture recording called Love Scriptures. You know, faith works by love, and so if you want your faith for healing to work, you need to know how much God loves you. And so we did do that, put that on a USB, and that saves you 10 bucks. Instead of buying two CDs, you can buy a USB and get the two together, but that is available back there. And then the last thing I'm going to mention, God has me travel all over the world, and I've done a lot of financial freedom seminars teaching people how to get out of debt and, and believe God and let God be in control of their money. Because he's smart. He knows where all the wealth is. He created it. And he knows how to get it in your hands. But you've got to make him Lord, not just Savior. Lord means he controls things. <laughs> he's the controller. And uh, so I, I've got a series that I did back there. Because people will come up and say, Brother Larry, man, I've been giving and giving. And I tithe and I give. And I've been doing all this for years. And I'm still strapped. I'm still in, in debt up to my ears. I said, well, then go back to my table back there and pick up divine economics. Because you may be doing all the right things, but if you don't go back and understand what Jesus did at the cross for you, this is over three hours of teaching about your financial situation and what he's already made you. When you accept that, then you can start walking in the grace of financial freedom before you get out of debt. This is what my wife and I got a hold of. I realized, man, I am rich. Here I am, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. I'm going to start calling myself rich, and you watch what happens. And hundreds and hundreds and even millions came to us, and, 
and we got out of debt and had plenty left over to be a blessing to the body of Christ. So divine economics, I encourage you, if you're a tither, you've been tithing all your life and giving, and you're still, still strapped financially, get a hold of divine economics. So that's back there. Let me have your heads bowed and eyes closed real quick before we close. Is there anyone here today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior and you would like to? Just slip your hand up high enough that I can see it. If you've never accepted Jesus but you would like to make him your Lord today, just lift your hand up. We'd love to pray for you today. Those of you watching online, if you lift your hand, I'm not seeing a hand here in this building, but if you lift your hand, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I call upon you. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever calls on Jesus shall be saved. Why? Because it's not based on how good you are or what you have or haven't done. When you call on Jesus, you're accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. You're accepting that He bore your sins, He made you righteous, and you become a child of the Most High God. You can lift up your head and open your eyes and look at me real quick. Since no hands were lifted, I'm assuming all of you have accepted Jesus. So let me ask you this. If you have accepted Jesus and you're not ashamed of Him, lift your hand up real high. All right, that looks like every, every hand went up. If you were not able to lift your hand and somebody sitting next to you noticed they didn't, then talk to them before they leave because, man, this is, this is the good life. Man, I got healed of an incurable disease when I was 22. I learned how to walk, man. I've been in situations where major stress situations, I don't allow stress in my life because Jesus showed me how to avoid stress. When stress comes or depression or discouragement when it comes, I haven't had any of those days in a long, I mean many, 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 many years. I don't have down days. I don't have stress-filled days. I'm not saying I don't enter into situations where you could get stressed. I have plenty of opportunities, but I don't allow depression. I don't allow discouragement. I don't allow stress. I don't allow strife. I don't allow hurt feelings. I don't allow bad temper or anger. I don't allow those negative emotions. They're part of the kingdom of darkness, and I found out Jesus redeemed us from them on the cross. So I'm telling you, it's the good life. You're going to want to get a hold of it. So after, after uh, Pastor Mike or, I mean, Chris or Brother Chris, or I don't know if they call you Pastor here or what they call you around here. But anyway, after he dismisses us, I will be back at my product table to help you out. And if anyone, uh, anyone wants to become a partner with us and get rewards laid up in heaven, all those souls were getting saved, we're believing for 200000 now, then let me know. I have partner cards with me as well. Thank you, guys. I wish we had a lot more time, but this has been awesome. Love you. We'll see you again next time. Awesome. <clears throat> so what we're going to do at this time, um, we're going to give honor where honor's due. We're going to take up two offerings simultaneously. You might say, how in the world can we do that? Because we're digital. <laughs> okay. If you're interested in sowing into good ground, Dr. Larry Hutton has been sharing the gospel. It's not, um, the airliners don't honor ministers. Like, oh, you're a minister of the gospel. Here you go. Your seat's on us. Uh, restaurants don't honor ministers and say, oh, you're a minister of the gospel. We're going to give you food. So it, it takes money for things that go around. And we just want to sow into good ground. He's good ground. We've seen fruit. We've had people in this church that have grabbed hold of the, uh, the, not his teaching, but the word of God that he is teaching. It's, and, and Dr. Hutton will tell you, it's not, 
his teaching. It's him living it out by faith and teaching people what his teaching is. Do you guys get that? You see the difference? Um, I encourage you guys, be a part of what God's doing in the earth. We have partnerships with several ministries of Faith Family Church. I encourage you guys to be partnership with ministries that are bearing good fruit for the kingdom of God. So in the square in the back, it says Larry Hutton. That's if you want to go to the square and you do your regular tithes and offerings through the square, you can do your tithes and offerings through the square, and you can also hit on the button for Larry Hutton, and it's going to be designated for Dr. Larry Hutton. Also, if you want to give cash to Larry Hutton, we have the tithes and offering in the back. Uh, you can put cash in an envelope right out, Larry Hutton, so we know exactly what you want to go where. Uh, if you're doing cash or check for uh, Larry Hutton, do cash to Faith Family Church and put on the memo Larry Hutton so we know exactly where you guys want your money allocated for this specific service. Um, we love you guys. You guys are a blessing. I'm going to say a general prayer, and I encourage you guys, grab hold of what's been grabbed hold of you. I'm going to end with a story. There was a man who was uh, got called or this, you guys remember like big blimps and stuff in the, you ever seen a big blimp? This guy, they were supposed to be holding the blimp and people lost control. And I, when I mean lost control, the blimp started rising. And in fear, he just grabbed hold and several men grabbed hold of this blimp and several men were falling to their death because they couldn't hold on for much longer. So all of a sudden, this guy was up there for about 20 minutes. They're like, for sure, he's going to He's going to fall any second. And people are watching in anticipation, knowing that this guy was going to fall to his death. And then finally, after over an hour of being up there, they were able to get the blimp down. And they asked him, how in the world were you able to hold on for so long? He's like, I wasn't holding on at all. He said, I tied the rope around me. It was holding me. I encourage you guys to grab hold of the word of God that's grabbed hold of you. And when the storms of life come, when the circumstances come, they are coming. It's not, we're not, none of us are getting out of here without any marks or bruises. We're going to get in the battle. We had a great message today. But no, grab hold of what's been grabbed hold of you so you can fight your battles in faith in the word of God. Okay? I love you guys. I'm going to say a general prayer. Father God, we thank you for everything you're doing in our life. We thank you that we have uh, seed to sow into your kingdom, Father. We thank you for the people that are committed to the cause of Jesus Christ at Faith Family Church and uh, are committed to supporting us uh, and your vision at Faith Family Church. And we also are thankful for Dr. Larry Hutton that people are able to give a, a gift, a, an offering to support his ministry. And I thank you that everybody here is just sensitive to your leading. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys officially dismiss. Um This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.